Welcome in, and thanks for joining us for the latest edition of the Delaware Bible Cast, a podcast ministry from Delaware Bible Church. I'm Brad Harris, and I serve as pastor of administration and outreach here at Delaware Bible Church. And as we're recording today's podcast, you might hear a little bit more noise around us than you normally do. And that's because as it's missions conference weekend here at DBC, we are blessed with having a lot of missionary guests that are going to be joining us. And uh, so our first missionary guest, we're actually recording during the school day, right at the end of lunchtime. So if you hear a little bit of noise, that's because there's a lot of ministry going on here at DCS here today, which we are very happy about. We're also very happy for who is joining us today. That's one of our missionaries who is serving in a different field than uh, when he came on or when he he came to missions conference last, and that is Mr. Jake Delich. Jake, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate you inviting me to participate in this. So, Jake, as we begin, uh, as we shared, you are. Uh, you have a family that many of us know here at Delaware Bible Church, and if you wouldn't mind, as you introduce yourself, please begin by sharing about your family, where you currently live, and your connection to DBC through your family. Sure. So, uh, my wife and I, we live in Puerto Rico right now, and that's where we serve the Lord on the mission field, and uh, we have three children they are ages 24 and 22. Those two are the daughters and a son who is 21 years old. And they are all right now currently attending Bob Jones University in South Carolina. And our connection to Delaware Bible Church actually goes way back. The son of Pastor Carl Witt, who founded Delaware Bible Church, attended our sending church in Pennsylvania called Limerick Chapel. So there was a connection with people in our church who were familiar with DBC and when around 2005, Elizabeth and I started raising funds and looking for partners to support our ministry on the mission field, uh, we were traveling from Pennsylvania to Minnesota, where I'm from, and uh, so we looked for churches in, in Ohio and Indiana that where we could uh, present our ministry, and so we contacted Pastor Marvin Hintz, and mm-hmm. he allowed us to share at Delaware Bible Church, and, and then uh, shortly after that, we told uh, Keith and Catherine Langton, uh, who is uh, Catherine is Elizabeth's sister, and we told them, hey, there's this awesome church here in Delaware that you should go visit. We just you know, had presented our ministry there, and so they started attending the church and became a part of the church, and uh, that's how we first came into contact with Delaware. See, that's one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is I see connections that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I knew Keith and Catherine very well. Um, and like them, are you also a Bob Jones grad? No. Um, my wife and I, we attended Northland, grad, uh, Northland, Northland. Baptist Bible okay. College in yep. northern Wisconsin. Yep, Northland, then Northland International University later. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I was a BJ grad, so we had that in common, and that's cool that your kids are, are there now. But I didn't know that connection between that's how they got connected here. So that's always yes. neat to hear stuff like that. So if you don't mind, uh, share with us the mission uh, board that you're currently serving with and the mission field that you serve in. Because I remember when I met you, which was a few years ago at Missions Conference, Mm -hmm. you were on a completely different mission field then. So if you don't mind, tell us about uh, who you're serving with, what field you're on, and what took you there. Right. So we are with Biblical Ministries Worldwide, which is based down in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, in 2005, when we were praying about where God would want us to serve on the field, 
we ran across a family that was heading toward Sweden, and at that time they did not have co-workers. And so uh, we were without a field, and uh, the Lord just connected us together, led us to serve with them in Sweden, and we were there for 10 years uh, before we ran into visa problems when the Swedish government changed their religious visa. Uh, and, uh, and so as a result, we had to come back to the United States. We we're here for a year of transition as we were praying about where God would want us to go next. And uh, so one of the reasons why we ended up in Puerto Rico is not only does our mission board have missionaries there already, uh, but uh, it's a place where we wouldn't have visa problems again. And so with our kids being in high school at that time, we just felt that that was a really good idea. And so we've been in Puerto Rico now for six years, going on our seventh year, and we're so thankful for the Lord leading us there. Can you share with us what all you guys are doing in Puerto Rico and what an average day would look like in your time there? Sure. Well, let me start with just giving uh, basically our first six years were kind of split into different segments. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first three years, we were trying to learn Spanish and working at a local Spanish-speaking church. And uh, that was a great blessing. We were able to jump right in uh, with different music, youth. Uh, we started Young Families Ministry there. And uh, But then, uh, just after being there for a year, Hurricane Maria came through and wiped out the entire island. And so then all of a sudden, our ministry shifted mm -hmm. as we basically were helping people recover. And uh, in the process of uh, helping to distribute food and clothes, medicine, Bibles, and gasoline, anything that the folks would need, mm -hmm. uh, we did that for months as uh, there were many areas throughout Puerto Rico, especially in the mountainous areas, that didn't get electricity for up to 18 months after the hurricane. And so wow. there was uh, some desperate needs. And in the process of all that, we were able to, of course, share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And we saw folks getting saved and giving their life to Christ. And so that was really exciting to uh, just uh, have that opportunity. And then after that, uh, we uh, were struggling to uh, grapple the Spanish language because mm -hmm. we had Swedish still in our minds, sure. and it just became a struggle. And so our coworker recommended, why don't you maybe pray about starting an English-speaking church? Okay. And so then uh, we found a, a, a English-speaking church not far from our home that was struggling, and uh, we ended up helping there for eight months, and then God worked it out that we were able to uh, start our own English-speaking church uh, called Hope Bible Church, uh, and uh, that's been in existence now for two years as a church plant. Okay, very oh, cool. And then uh, do you want me to share a little bit about my average day, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, of course, I try to wake up in the morning with uh, a word of prayer and committing my day to the Lord and then uh, spending some time in the Word. And uh, I always try to remember to give my wife a hug before I walk out the door. That's, that's important. Good idea, good idea. <laughs> uh, and then uh, one of the things that I've been doing on my way to church in the church office is trying to stop at local uh, coffee shops, or mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to use it as a way to build relationships with small business owners, mm -hmm. and uh, God's given us opportunities to just, you know, build those relationships, the trust with people in the local community, and hopefully have opportunities to share the gospel and invite people to church. And then I get to the office, and usually it's a time of preparation for the weekend ministries or you know, the midweek Bible study. And uh, a lot of times it's involved with meetings where people come to the office or we have music practice for Sunday and I need to run the soundboard mm -hmm. <laughs> during that time or things like that. I personally don't, uh, I'm not involved in that music ministry, but my wife is. And, um, and then 
Uh, it could be other things as well going on where it's administrative. I have to run to the mayor's office to check on permits or things like that. And then in the evening, we have usually uh, Bible studies in the homes. Uh, right now, we're meeting with a couple for an evangelistic Bible study, going mm-hmm. through the Gospel of Mark together with them in our home. So that's a typical day for me. So as a church planner, then, you're basically seeing... You got it's kind of a one man band. You got to do a little bit of everything then. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, they call missionaries a jack of all trades, mm-hmm. and I find that I wear many, many different kinds of hats. Mm-hmm. It makes uh, it, it definitely makes missionary work interesting in that sense. Mm-hmm. That you know, you never get bored. So this wasn't a question that we I was going to specifically ask you about on our on our list that we went through, but I'd be curious about this. And what are some of the differences that we may see in a church plant? in the U.S. compared to where you're at now in Puerto Rico? Well, Puerto Rico is this strange mix of first and third world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we have some of the conveniences of first world, like we've got a Costco. We do have to drive about, you know, 50 miles, I mean, I'm sorry, 50 minutes away, which Mm -hmm. isn't bad. Um, But but then you've got roads that look like, you know, third world condition with huge potholes. Uh, You've got, you know, chickens and horses you got to watch out for when you're (laughs) driving, Uh, you know, just that kind of stuff. But um, so I think culturally, uh, it takes a time to adjust Mm -hmm. to the way that uh, people there think and work and live. Is it it more relaxed of a culture? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, I remember the first time my wife and I got invited to someone's, uh, their son's birthday party. And we arrived, and the party was supposed to start at 6 o'clock in the evening. And uh, they said, oh, come on in and everything. And then uh, the lady of the home was in the shower, still getting ready to go. And <laughs> uh, she had the food in the oven and everything, but uh, the party actually didn't start till like 8 o'clock. Wow. You know, so they have, you know, of course, island time, as many people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. That's uh, about the time in the U.S. that people would be leaving the party a couple hours right, later. Exactly. So that's when they're getting rolling. So... Uh, over the last few years, we're, we're kind of seeing the end of it now, or we're getting over uh, COVID-19, and, and we've seen that it has been a major difficulty for many missionaries that we've had on, on the podcast. You mentioned the hurricane, mm-hmm. but uh, have COVID or any other major trials been something that have been present in the mission field there in Puerto Rico over the last couple of years? Yeah, a couple of big things uh, come to mind immediately. Uh, first of all, regarding COVID, when Elizabeth and I started this new church plant, it was, I believe, the end of 2020, I want to say, like in last Sunday of November. And uh, we started out with 15 people attending the church, and it was a good start and everything, and it seemed like it was going well. And then three months later, COVID hit. Wow. And uh, we... In Puerto Rico, they were very, very concerned with their elderly population about it. And so they had shut down even the ability to go to church and meeting together for Mm -hmm. three months. And so during those three months, we did wonder, you know, was this little baby church plant going to survive? Uh, And and then even after we were able to meet again, there were so many different kinds of restrictions and regulations that we had to follow, you know, having all the chairs six feet apart and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so... Remember those well. Yeah. So praise God that... Um, despite all that, uh, by the end of that year, though, we were still um, averaging around 18 in attendance. And then in this past year, uh, we've just seen a boom of growth, mm-hmm. and uh, we're now averaging uh, 55 Praise on, the Lord. On, a, on a Sunday. And so, yeah, it's it's amazing to see how God has really grown the church yeah, despite you're, COVID. You're definitely growing some roots there then. Uh, were you able to um, 
do anything in regards to digital services or anything when during that three month time or what did you do during that gap? Was there anything that you could do there? Yes, we did use Zoom okay. and uh, held, uh, you know, video uh, services and everything. It was a bit more challenging, of course, and everything. But one of the actual hidden blessings of that was that uh, some of the people that we had led to Christ or introduced to Christ in Sweden uh, heard about us doing oh, video cool. services, and then mm-hmm. they were able to join us. Uh, and I would say we would introduce Swedish believers to Puerto Rican believers, mm-hmm. and that was something I that never really happened cool. you know, without that. That is, that is a season of time where, for us, it was a little less long here. I think it was eight weeks uh, where we were just all completely separated, and then people had slowly came back. It's a time that it was a neat time when you look back at it, but it's not a time that I would like to relive again, if you know what I mean. Yes, I understand. <laughs> uh, if you wouldn't mind with us, Jake, share with us your personal testimony and how God led you to the mission field, because I know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you weren't even originally born as in the U.S., right? Right, that's correct. Um, I was born in South Korea, and I was an orphan for the first six years of my life, and by God's grace, there was a Christian family in Minnesota that oh, wow. felt led to adopt older kids, and so they adopted me along with four other kids from around the world. And uh, just growing up in a Christian home, heard the gospel, so I was able to uh, get saved. Uh, actually, it was right before I had open heart surgery. They found out uh, in the course of uh, just medical tests that I had a hole in my heart, and wow. doctors said I would have died within a year of uh, discovering that, and so. Uh, even in the timing of when I was adopted, we can see it was God just working in my life, uh, and I praise God for for that. And um, as far as how God led me to the mission field, I guess I've always been interested in missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, parents were very uh, careful to invite any missionaries that came to our church over to our home for dinners and things like that. So it just became a regular part of our life growing up that uh, we would hear missionary stories and how God was working in those situations. And so that kind of got me excited about that. And then um, even in high school, I was able to go on some big mission trips uh, for three months, one summer uh, to Malawi, Africa, and serve there. And then the next summer to Papua New Guinea uh, with a team of young people where we cut out an airstrip for uh, Missionary Aviation Fellowship. Very cool. And so, yeah, so these kind of just uh, exposure to mission mm-hmm. trips and mission fields, really uh, God used that in my heart to call me to missions. So that's interesting that you share that, as here at DBC we've we've had several short-term trips, and we've talked about the importance of some of those kind of uh, wetting your appetite for it a little bit or getting you a taste of it. So mm-hmm. that sounds like that was something that the Lord really used in a big way in your life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because what's interesting is I grew up, in a situation with an orphanage where I didn't necessarily have everything in the world. In fact, you know, I was very poor, of course. But then you grow up in a Christian home in America, and you start start living in your own Christian bubble again, mm-hmm. and start taking things for granted and that kind of stuff. And then you go to a third world country like Malawi, Africa, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just, uh, you know, using the bathroom in a hole in the ground. You yeah, know it's I mean? a little different world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you start realizing, oh, I am so blessed, mm-hmm. and it just opens up your wide, I mean, your eyes wide open to. That not only the physical needs, but then also the spiritual needs that are out there. And so I would highly recommend it to any young person. So when it came to, after you and your wife met, um, did you meet at Northland? Mm-hmm. So then was mission something she was interested in as well? Or how did the conversation come up? Hey, I want to be a missionary. Or right. how did that go? Well, she, yes. Uh, in fact, her ma- major 
there at Northland was missions. Okay. And so well, she that was, helps. Yes, <laughs> interested in missions and everything. Uh, but right after we got married and then we graduated from college there, we weren't exactly sure um, if God really wanted us missions at that time. And so I became an assistant pastor at a church in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that for two years. Really, honestly, um, didn't like it at all because I don't think I was really ready for full-time ministry, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so I resigned from there, and we settled back down near where her parents live and ended up buying a house down there. Um, our three children were born. And uh, so for a number of years, I was just involved in secular work. Uh, and it was out of that uh, time period when God just started working in my heart. I had to clean some things out of my life and my heart to really prepare me for full-time ministry. And in the process of all that, we were getting involved in our local church and helping with the Young Families Ministry, started a small group Bible study in our home. And uh, that's when God started putting that desire again in my heart for full-time mm-hmm. ministry. And uh, so I surrendered to that. And I remember sitting there at work one day just saying, God, if this is what you want me to do for the rest of my life, I'm content. Mm-hmm. And God brings us to a place of contentment, you know, especially for some of us men. I think that's mm-hmm. really hard. I agree. And uh, and then God's, it was at that time, I really believe that the Holy Spirit just started planting that desire to say, you know what, I can use you full time in ministry. Well, praise the Lord. Another question I'm just curious mm-hmm. about, as a church planner, as you've shared, you, you're doing a lot of different things. Right. And I'm sure there's even more things you're doing then with the mission board and all the other steps along with that. If you had to say, this is my favorite thing that I'm doing uh, in ministry, what would you say? And it could be a couple, but, you know, your favorites that you get to do. Well, that's uh, kind of easy because the uh, one uh, that st- pops right into my mind right away has to do with my spiritual gift, which mm-hmm. is evangelism. Okay. Uh, I just love talking to people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people that we meet uh, is just from me, you know, just going up to complete strangers and mm-hmm. looking for opportunities to build that relationship, to invite them to church, to share the gospel. And so um, the one family we met, I, I was coming out of a Walmart parking lot, uh, or out to the parking lot there, and there was a, a guy with his hood open, and, and uh, you know, they were trying to get it fixed. And so he said, hey, how, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. And that basically led them to start coming to our church. Wonderful. More recently, another... Um, time my wife was discipling another lady in the church and they were meeting at the local park mm-hmm. and uh, while the kids were playing and everything and then there was another family there and so um, I was going by the park just to see how my wife was doing and and saying to say hi and uh, I started talking with this family and ended up talking with them for two hours invited them to church now they're coming faithfully every Sunday to church and even going coming to like the midweek studies and everything mm-hmm. Uh, come to find out that uh, they may not be believers yet. Mm-hmm. And so having an opportunity now to meet with them on a different night of the week for Bible studies. Wonderful. And so, yeah, that's the part I really enjoy, is just talking to so many different people because I really believe that God is working in everyone's hearts and lives. Mm-hmm. And everyone has a different testimony, a different story of what God is doing. And it's really interesting to hear those stories. And it's clear that God is bearing fruit as you do that. And that's a cool thing to hear about. Amen. Uh, so let's. We've talked a lot about um, you know what you're doing on the mission field and and things that you enjoy doing there, outside of of your profession. And I know that ministry is just more than simply a profession. But outside of the church world, uh, church planning world, what are some hobbies and things that you enjoy doing for fun? 
Well, one of the privileges of living in a coastal town in Puerto Rico is that we literally live five minutes away from the beach. Okay. And so, <laughs> listen, if you live that close to a Caribbean beach and ocean, you know, it would be a crime not to go visit it once in a while. <laughs> now, we do true. have our church uh, fellowships there at the beach, you know, mm -hmm. which is really fantastic and fun. And uh, the young people in our church enjoy that with playing, you know, beach volleyball and that kind of stuff. But uh, for me personally, I enjoy... Uh, something I've picked up recently since being there in Puerto Rico, and that's uh, trying a paddleboard. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only problem with that is I have horrible balance. <laughs> and so <laughs> as a result, I'm oftentimes falling. Mm -hmm. But uh, praise God, I found an Amazon that I could order these uh, blow-up training wheels, mm -hmm. kind of, so to speak, you know, for these paddleboards. So my wife is very embarrassed, but I go out there with these, you know, extra little uh, flotation things on my paddleboard, and then I don't fall as much, but I still mm -hmm. get to enjoy still that hobby. Still learning it and enjoy it. That's yeah. cool. What's the uh, what's the temperature there compared to here? Is it a lot warmer? How is the temperature? Yes, this has been a, a bit of a, uh, a change for us being here in um, Delaware, Ohio. It's much colder here. It, mm -hmm. Over there, it's typically around like 80 to 85 degrees year-round. Uh, but uh, the thing that makes it feel like over 100 usually is the humidity. Mm -hmm. It's just very stifling uh, humidity there. Except for three months, December, January, and February, then the humidity is less. So if you're going to come visit us in Puerto Rico, those are the three those months the, you want to those come. Those are the right? months you want to come. <laughs> yeah, because you're sitting in Delaware, Ohio today at half that temperature with little to no humidity. So <laughs> right. It's a little different. Uh, for those who are interested in um, doing similar missions work to where you're at, maybe uh, overseas in a different country, maybe in the Caribbean, or looking into church planting, what are some resources or things that you would recommend to them or things that you found helpful for learning more information about missions and those things? Well, definitely get connected with um, other pastors or people uh, within your local church that uh, are leaders and kind of kind of mentor you in, in what it's like to serve God in the ministry. And then as God gives you those opportunities within the local church, you know, take up those opportunities to uh, just to get that experience, mm -hmm. you know, and that's really, really important. And I think that uh, that has really helped me in many ways. Of course, we're completely reliant upon the Holy Spirit and mm -hmm. the Word of mm -hmm. God to, uh, to do the work in people's hearts and lives, but at the same time to uh, have... Uh, some experience under our feet, so to speak, uh, it really goes a long ways. And you can do that locally, you know, through your local church mm -hmm. uh, and get involved. I know that the, the pastoral leadership as well appreciates extra help like that. Absolutely. And that's one thing we've talked about on the podcast. One thing we talk about a lot here at church is there's the internal call where, hey, God desires me to do this. But then there's the external call as you use your gifts and people see that and say, hey, you're a good fit for whatever this is. Right. Um, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. That can start through your local church and the ministries there. Uh, as well, if they have specific questions for you, maybe about your ministry, can you share with us your email address on how they could contact you? Sure. Uh, the first letter is J for my name, Jake, and then E for Elizabeth, and then our last name, Delich, D-E-L-I-C-H at gmail.com. And I would advise you to please remember the E in Delich, because yes. <laughs> I tried to send Jake a few emails earlier this week, and I forgot the E, apparently. And then he said, what emails are you talking about? I didn't get those. So <laughs> make sure to include the E in Delich. 
And if you uh, have any questions about that as well, contact the church office and we can send you what we need there as well for Jake's information. Jake, do you have a favorite Bible verse, a life verse, or any verse that's been particularly meaningful or passage in your spiritual life? Uh, sure, yes. Uh, Philippians one twenty one. for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, obviously, the second part, we have the joy of knowing that we don't have to fear death. Uh, but the first part, I think, is something that many of us Christians really struggle with um, because we tend to be so self-centered mm-hmm. and everything. And that verse is just a constant reminder to me that everything about our life, uh, whether it be our relationship with our spouse or our children or at work or church, our neighbors, all those relationships have to be Christ-centered. Mm-hmm. And even our, our work and our priorities, motivations, everything in life has to be constantly about Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, so that's one of my favorite verses. Last question I'll ask you for today's podcast. How can those who are listening in pray for your ministry and what's what the Lord's doing there? Well, two things I wanted to mention. Uh, first of all, ministry-wise, uh, we are really excited that just a few weeks ago, we had the privilege of baptizing seven uh, people in our local church there. And uh, that was really exciting because five out of those seven people, Elizabeth and I were personally able to lead to Christ over the wow. last couple of years and then disciple them and, and so on. Uh, but then uh, the great thing about what's happening right now, the local church plant, is God is bringing other people into our lives and in, into the church that perhaps aren't believers yet. Mm-hmm. And so every week they're going to hear the gospel, and we're getting opportunities to, sh- to have Bible studies with them. And so just praying for this new cycle you know, of people that are hearing the gospel, that uh, they will uh, be convicted by the Holy Spirit and understand the gospel and get saved. Wonderful. And then if I could just mention also, mm-hmm. um, if uh, you would pray for my wife, uh, she was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease uh, three years ago, and uh, and even though she's fairly young for that kind of disease, it is a real struggle mm-hmm. uh, for her and also uh, for me as her husband that I would be wise in balancing ministry uh, and also taking care of her needs as well. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate prayer for that. Absolutely. Appreciate you sharing those things and appreciate you joining us today. As we release this podcast, it is uh, March the 25th, and tomorrow night Jake is going to be sharing with us in the uh, evening missions conference service. That's session number three. So he's going to be sharing an update and as well sharing from God's word with us. So if you're listening here when this podcast first releases, we hope that you will consider joining us for that. And if you're not able to, we will stream that as well. But Jake, we appreciate you coming in and sharing with us. Wonderful to see you again and hear more about uh, how the Lord is working as you are serving in Puerto Rico now. Thank everyone for joining us and listening in. Hope that you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to sharing another missionary testimony and stories that they have from the field next week. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.